Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have with us Amrita Pandey who is working as human resource business partner at Colgate Global Business Services. Welcome to the podcast Amrita. Thank you for coming and joining us today. How are you? Um I'm doing well. Thanks Rudhi for asking. and thank you for having me on the podcast today uh, i am sure we went a lot of there was a lot of back and forth that happened and you know today finally we are meeting for this so that's great um it's it's pleasure having you here amrita uh, so just to set some context about you and what you do can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and your career journey till now uh sure so um if i have to really talk about myself um i Uh, i basically hail from patna bihar i have uh, done my education in different parts of the country um, did my schooling in patna then moved on to pursue my engineering uh, to chennai uh, wherein i pursued uh, my engineering from srm college of engineering and technology um thereafter i started my career as an assistant systems engineer in uh, with tata consultancy services uh, that was in gurgaon um after working with them for about 2 years uh, i went on to pursue my mba uh, in hr from uh, zavius institute of social services rachi and um, thereafter i got another opportunity to be in ncr uh because i got selected uh with uh, by hero motor corp and i started my hr career there um as a management trainee um so and if i have to really uh, you know in a just have to explain my career journey so far so in hero motor corp i started my career as a talent acquisition specialist uh, it was a very brief uh, stint but majority of the time was in the hr business partnering space and uh, which i eventually fell in love with because i could resonate uh, very well with that portfolio okay apart from it apart from hr business partnering i also did employer branding and uh, employee engagement was also part of my profile um back in uh, 2018 had to relocate to mumbai because of my personal reasons i got married and my husband was posted here mm-hmm. and uh, that's when uh, colgate global business services happened and uh, again here i started my journey as an hr business partner there were elements of um, uh, learning i was also the learning lead for the organization uh, that portfolio i'm not doing anymore and recently i have been given uh, the portfolio of uh, diversity equity and inclusion lead for uh, colgate global business services so in a nutshell this is how you know my career trajectory has been so far yeah i must say like it's been quite a journey hasn't it you are working with like different reputable companies and now you are here as a human resource business partner so yeah you know even i am always fascinated and of course many of our listeners are to understand the story behind a successful human business uh, resource business partner like you so that's really great to know about your journey and of course as someone who has worked in uh, this profile for a while now 
So uh, I just wanted to ask you, like, what are some of the key skills that you think are necessary for success in a, in a human resource business partner role? And how have you developed those skills in your own career? So that's a very interesting uh, question, really. Uh, and uh, the more you ask this question from, yeah. you know, different HR business partnering professionals, you will get different answers because, because it's uh, basis their experiences yeah. that they feel, you know, couple of skills, couple of nuances, which underline that particular portfolio are of, you know, paramount importance. Mm -hmm. So from my own personal experience, I feel three skills uh, primarily or three competencies, if I have to enlist, are very important uh, for one to do an HR business partnering role. Number one, I feel is uh, stakeholder management, because uh, for this particular role, you don't need to be a master's in one, you need to be a jack of all trades. (laughs) Right. Definitely. Um, uh, so I think uh, stakeholder management becomes very important because you are dealing with heads of businesses of different businesses because you're a business partner for a larger uh, pool of people. And uh, for every business head, their priorities are of, uh, you know, uh, their priorities are, you know, very urgent and important and you need to get it done as early as yesterday. Hmm. So your stakeholder management becomes very important, very imperial, because how do you manage such expectations, given you would have your list of personal priorities yourself. And I think that's where, you know, according to me, the second competency, which is very important, this role is is influencing. Uh, The only way you can influence the other person is you tell them that what's in it for them right yeah uh, you create a win-win for either parties and then uh, you know you get the ball rolling uh, nobody would want to be on the uh, losing side everybody yeah. wants uh, some piece of the cake for themselves so i think um, that's again of uh, uh, you know critical importance and the third bit is this role or a person who does an hr business partnering role cannot just remain a partner but you have to eventually scale up to a business advisory role and that can only happen in two ways one you get a business understanding Mm -hmm. and that can only happen if you spend considerable time speak to people uh, understand how you know that business functions how the roi is generated how they bring in the top line and second you build that muscle by uh, being in touch with the employees who are at the grassroots probably as a business leader they would not have a view of what their employees are feeling they try to but then you know when there is a third party involved or a neutral objective perspective um, that as an HR business partner you would be able to bring in so I think these are the three facets which become really important uh, for an HR business partnering professional and this is something that I am sharing from my own personal experience and you build this muscle through the years uh, uh, that you work through Definitely. I think that was some great points brought up by you for success as an HR business partner. You know, it means knowing the ins and outs of how a business works and what it needs to hit its goal. So definitely. And of course, the role plays a much higher emphasis on, uh, you know, strategy development that other job titles within the HR department. And of course, it uh, also comes with a unique set of responsibilities and skills. So the skills that you have mentioned, I think, is, of course, a much pay attention skills. Uh, and at the same time, the professionals like you must immerse themselves with executives or business unit leaders to develop a plan for what types of candidates, you know, uh, to recruit 
to interview and to hire to increase diversity or bring new skill sets into the company so talking about diversity i think i just wanted to ask you like how do you ensure that diversity equity and inclusion initiatives which is dei nowadays are more focused or more uh, you know uh, the every organization is focusing on promoting these initiatives so how do you ensure that uh, these initiatives are not just focused on you know checking boxes or meeting quotas but are truly creating a culture of inclusivity and belonging so really frankly this is one of the most difficult questions okay. because uh, it's like uh, i'm not sure if you've heard about this but uh, there is this kirk patrick's fourth model uh, wherein this um, principle says how do you measure a return on investment on a learning program very difficult right you can't metricize the softer aspects of a learning program and how it is benefiting the employees who are undertaking that program so similarly for uh, you know diversity equity and inclusion if not done well if not assimilated well it will remain an eye wash it will remain something uh, which is done only like you said just for the matter of yeah, yeah yeah checking boxes yeah so, so i think now you know we are sitting on the brink of june come mm-hmm. june 20, 2023 most of the corporates they'll turn a rainbow and you know you will see multiple and plethora of linkedin posts wherein everybody would be like hashtag i'm uh, you know what queers win or queers and there will be a lot we'll be flooded with hashtags but then june or uh, come june it'll sort of skyrocket and then you know it will just die down mm-hmm. so uh, i think as corporates or as a, an employee uh, i think somewhere we really need to get this assimilated well in the organization and somewhere we need to ensure that there is a real buy in within our people meaning it's not just something that one is doing because you know june month is your pride month is your and you know we need to really blow our trumpets mm-hmm. saying that i'm a very diverse equitable and inclusive employer no that's not going to work yeah. somewhere i think we need to start behaving in such ways wherein we are we have representation of that community within our organization and that community when they come on board they don't feel discriminated they don't feel that you know a checkbox activity was done to just to bring them in and you know get branded as a dei organization but then they feel very much at home like mm-hmm. you or me uh, cisgendered people uh, yeah. who are like uh, you know biologically our sexualities are aligned so they much they should feel exactly like us they should feel that this is a safe place and this is home like it it's uh, felt by other employees mm-hmm. and the second way you can create that culture or build that fabric in your organization is by making sure that you know dni is not just an extra external externality for yeah. your employees rather they feel that there is something in it for them now what happens uh, if they become a very inclusive person or they become an equitable person what is in it for them so when that question get answer gets answered that's a win for the organization and second is you can um, create fabric of influence wherein one employee is talking to the other employee and you know is talking about his or her experience in these interventions and you know the kind of delta it brings to them as a professional so i think that's a journey that probably all the organizations need to undertake not and and uh, you know a very high level by running interventions but somewhere it needs to get deep seated 
and that's where the real change will sort of percolate otherwise it'll just remain an eye wash and like you said a checkbox activity yeah. definitely i think uh, you have explained it really very well it's it's not just creating a company culture when where uh, diversity equity and inclusion is infused so it's it's like throughout you know it's really necessary for business success and employee affinity also so uh, now companies are being encouraged to think more holistically which you have mentioned it's not just about just providing it but of course feeling in the company at the same time so yeah yes. uh, great points you know talking about technologies and new policies also companies are uh, not just in taking one initiative and and thinking holistically but in technologies and making new policies they are diversifying themselves as well so i think these are constantly evolving uh, like technologies and policies to meet the needs of changing workforce samrita so, i want to ask you like how do you balance the need for flexibility with the need for structure in the workplace particularly as remote work and flexible schedules become more common uh, nowadays in went of pandemic so how do you uh, balance the need for flexibility so i think uh, riddhi covid 19 is one of the key players in getting this whole hybrid modality fast track i think uh, prior to 2019 majority of the corporates or majority of the organizations were working from office some of the organizations which were really ahead of the curve had a work flexibility imparted to the employee and that was to the tune of like you can pick a day in a week and you yeah. can choose to work from home some of the even more advanced organizations had sort of like given a two day work from home weeks to their employees so that's where we were at and today a kind of uh, um, you know evolution has happened and how organizations have shifted to a hybrid modality i think uh, uh, there is a huge catastrophic change that has happened and the only catalyst that all of us know and are aware of is covid 19 uh because of that pandemic there was no other way in which you could actually keep your businesses running and simultaneously provide safety to your employees mm-hmm. and that's when you know complete uh, the whole physical workspace shut out and the virtual uh, workplace got birth right mm-hmm. yeah so i think post covid 19 now that we have come out of that pandemic this hybrid modality will stay and i think as and when the gen z's are going to take over they are getting they're going to get into the foray more and then gen alpha and gen beta the demand of flexibility for flexibility rather by the employees is only going to increase by 10 folds or 20 folds and then organizations will have to keep up with the demands of their employees because if they don't keep up with the ongoing trends then uh, you know like it happened with uh, a couple of organizations uh, like enron they did not uh, do with the technology like you know how nokia was such a big brand back in uh, you know early 2000 and then how it perished yeah, and you exactly. know different different players have taken over the market yeah. so i think constantly somewhere organizations will have to amp the ante with the evolving needs of their employees and they'll have to cater to a more hybrid more flexible workspace mm-hmm. and it's here to stay now organizations have uh, you know sort of uh, provided you know gateway to hybrid working when people are getting flexibility to operate like two days in, uh, from office and then you know three days work from home this eventually will cascade up is net net what i'm trying to say but then this is a very difficult time uh, as an hr professional i have to see because a hybrid bring brings in a lot of complexity 
number one it gives you benefits also because you'll be able to engage with talent and you could be able to create couple of your roles like in it or in you know analytics wherein you don't expect your employees so you don't need your employees to be in office and there could be virtual team supporting it but then hybrid you also have a mix of people who are physically coming down to your workspace given the nature of their jobs yeah. so you have to manage the complexity of uh, supporting a team which is like completely virtual Mm-hmm. and also you have a complexity of supporting a team which is completely physical so how do you bridge the needs of both the teams and how do you bridge the expectations uh, in terms of you know how their performances is going to be evaluated how you know their managers need to make sure that you know there is a constant calm and composure given the nature of the jobs and you know always always uh, we know about the appraisal processes there is a lot of relativity that comes into play that okay this happened to me and that happened to somebody so these sort of uh, aspects and variables will always keep coming in wherein a person who is you know expected to be in office every day of the week and in the same organization there is a team mm-hmm. who's completely virtual mm-hmm. so a manager uh, would play a very important role in terms of balancing the expectation and explaining to you know xyz that the nature of the role is such that you be expected to be in office and as an organization these nitty gritties or nuances or finer nuances will have to be sort of evaluated with a fine comb and uh, you know that's how we'll have to take it in our stride is what i feel definitely it seems like there's a lot of potential to create a workplace that's both flexible and structured as long as you approach it with the right mindset so yeah as we uh, look towards the future of hr how do you see as the biggest challenges or what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities for hr professionals in the company hmm so uh if i have to really pinpoint couple of challenges slash opportunities for yeah. hr professionals uh so i think one uh which is perennial and you know it's been there since yester years and it's always going to be there is always attracting a top talent from the industry that's always going to be one of the key areas of opportunity that as a nature professional everyone is going to experience number 2 now uh, like we discussed earlier that you know we are in a hybrid setup this need for hybrid is always going to keep amping up right the generational changes or the generational diversity is going to set in the digital uh, dexterity of people is always going to is is going to amp up people are going to be becoming more digital friendly and that all is going to be there right yeah. so i think somewhere change management would always always be on an hr's plateau in terms of meeting the needs of the requirement and number 3 is is going to be culture now culture i'll split it into two one building you know digital dexterity in the cultural fabric of the organization you will have to keep assimilating uh, that competency or keep reinforcing and fortifying that competency of your employees in terms of them being digitally mature because that's where as an organization that's where as a as a world we are headed to and number two would be the diversity aspect of it which okay. we uh, talked about earlier right yeah. tomorrow's workplace is going to be diverse yeah. um we talk about generational diversity we talk about you know gender diversity we talk about you know sexual diversity it's going to be a diverse workforce a workforce which will have needs which today's workforce is not having probably tomorrow with gen z's coming on board you'd have people who would not want to do just your job they would want to do a gig with you 
they would want to be instagram influencers that's going to be their primary bread and butter uh, but simultaneously they would want to be in your organization from a stability perspective or maybe they like their job or they love or that or that's their passion so somewhere you would need to get friendly from that perspective as well that okay xyz is my employee but uh, he or she is not here for the full course he is or she is just here for a gig yeah. a stint yeah. right so somewhere organizations as a world we'll have to mature to that level and uh, we'll have to you know welcome it with open arms otherwise you know like it happened with uh, non-agile organizations one has to become extinct so that's what i feel i think definitely i love the end part what you have said you know from the way we communicate to the way we onboard our employee i think everything is changing constantly and because of technology because of uh, the social media influencer what you have mentioned so company and organization need to of course adapt these uh, changes and and of course these changes are definitely will impact our day to day decision making so it's important for us as a people leader and professionals to you know stay on the top of these trends as well so that makes a lot of sense and i'm sure there's a lot of take away uh, from the content you have shared today amrita thank you for sharing this so this brings us to the end of our conversation uh, but before we leave can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you oh sure so i'm available on linkedin you can always search for me as amrita pandey you can uh, type in my organization's name which is colgate global business services and i think uh, you'll find where to hit me so that's where i'm at and uh, if something needs to be taken ahead so probably you can dm me and take we can take it through thank you amrita it was really lovely hosting you today same here to the lovely interacting with you thank you